You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Notice uh, the book of Matthew, and notice chapter number 1, and let's notice verse number 18. The book of Matthew, chapter number 1, and verse number 18 is where I am calling your attention this morning. The book of Matthew, uh, chapter number 1, begin reading at verse number 18. Let's conclude or finish reading at verse number 21 notice matthew 1 in verse 18 the bible says now the birth of jesus christ christ being the anointed one was as follows after his mother mary was betrothed to joseph before they came together she was found with child of the holy spirit Notice this betrothal to Joseph is an engagement, but it's not how we do engagements in our times. In biblical times, to be engaged or to be betrothed to a person was a very serious commitment. You know, most of the time, our engagements is a time for people to go back and forth just trying to see if they really want to do this thing and if if we really want to pay this money for all this, that, and the other. But you always have that opportunity if one feels like this is not it to just simply go your separate ways. Come on, somebody. Y'all know I'm teaching right. You just, you just break the engagement. You can be done sent out invitation. Folks say, when is the wedding? There will be no wedding. We have broke it off. We have changed our mind. And if you're a man, hopefully she'll give the ring back, especially if it was real. Hopefully she will give them back or she will make the payments herself. But nevertheless, in biblical times, we don't need to look at it like this because to be befrottled or engaged to someone was so serious that if you were to break it, it required a divorce. It required a legal action to be taken. So you have to understand that, that he, she was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, before they was intimate. She was found with child, watch of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit being God. This is of God. This woman who has not been with the man she's engaged to marry is with child. Joseph's reaction in verse 19 is that of showing how great of a man he truly was. Because most brothers in here, that would be our time, our clue to nut up. What well, Maria man at? That would be our time to nut up. Oh, y'all ain't got no real. So I got a few brothers in there. Some of y'all like pastor. I'll just pray. I, you ain't known her, but she pregnant? Come on. We didn't have a lot of women tell us they didn't do it, but somebody did it. 
Somebody did it. Joseph knew, hey, somebody done did something. Watch his response in verse 19. Read numbers slowing down because I'm not going to deal with these verses in totality, but I want us to understand what's taking place. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. See, he just. Notice why he just. And not wanting to make her a public example. He didn't want to embarrass her. Was minded to put her away secretly. I'm not going to embarrass her. I'm not going to make a big commotion about it. But I'm just going to put her away secretly. I'm going to dissolve this thing. But notice verse 20. But while he thought. Ain't it good when God deal with you? I, I, I know I need to speed up, but ain't it good when God deal with you? When, when, when you're angry, when you're all in your feelings, your emotions, thinking you know what's going on, but then he deals with you. Bible said, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Know him by his name. Son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be hesitant to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. Yeshua. For he will save his people from their sins. I want to teach on the subject this morning, the birth of a real Savior. The birth of a real Savior. Can you tell someone the subject this morning, the birth of a real Savior. Uh, look at somebody and tell them, Pastor going to talk to us for a few moments from the subject the birth of a real Savior. And let's give God a praise if you don't mind. Let's give him a tremendous hand clap of praise for our subject, the birth of a real Savior. In verse 21, the Greek word that is used for save is the word sozo. He is going to save. Again, this word is the Greek word sozo. Which means that Jesus is coming to rescue his people. He is coming to make people hold a better. And even before we go any farther, many of us know that to be true. Because we have the testimony that he rescued us. Come on. I know he rescued me. I'm not living the life that I'm living. Because of how intelligent I am. This is not an act of luck. Or even what my mama could do for me. Jesus rescued me. Come on. I, that, that's my testimony. I, I don't care about. Folks saying it didn't happen the way I say it happened. But he rescued me. And see, he rescued me at a time when if the truth be told, I had messed up 
everything in my life. Come on, somebody. And I needed rescuing. Come on, I wasn't playing around. Back then, I needed saving. I needed to be rescued. And it was a job that only God could do. You say, Pastor, it wasn't that bad. Yes, 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 it was that bad. I had blew everything that I could blew. Or could have blown. If it could have been broken, I broke it. If it could have been messed up, I messed it up. But he rescued me. He made me whole or he made me better. Sozo also has to do with to save a person or a people from danger, distress, or from perishing. He saved us from danger, distress, and from perishing. For John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, this is what he did. When he came, he saved us from perishing. Isn't it good to live every day knowing that you will never perish? Never perish. I, I say, isn't it a good feeling? Doesn't it give you peace? That no matter how crazy things get in this life and on this world, teach it right, Pastor, not only will we be blessed here, but it gets even better when we finally get with Him. In other words, there is no perishing for me. He rescued me from it. Finally, He saves in that He delivers, He protects, and he prospers. It's what he came to do. He is Savior. He brought sozo. Deliverance, protection, and prosperity. Why is that important, Pastor? Because I want us to understand this morning that the world has built a billion-dollar industry surrounded around fake saviors. I need to say it again. I said the world has created, has built, has organized a multi-billion dollar industry with fake saviors, marvel characters. Oh, let me deal with it. Who always seems to rescue the day. Always seem to get there in the nick of time. I wish y'all let me teach it this morning. The way I feel it. And even if Spider-Man in the beginning. Seems like he has been defeated. By a new enemy. You've watched enough like I have to know. That the movie cannot be over. He will come back. Come on, somebody. Batman too. He will arise out of the dark. And he will save the day. Did y'all hear me? Multi-billion dollar industry. 
entertainers who save the day. Oh, and what about the man in the red suit? No need for you to work. No need for you to shop. And if Santa Claus truly existed, how is Amazon doing as well as it is? Because he gets none of his stuff from them. And he delivers it all over the world free of charge. Come on. Coming down chimneys in the projects. How can this be? For years, parents would work hard. To bless their children and each other. Don't get mad at me. Only to get up that morning and give all the credit to the Savior. Oh yeah, daddy and mama lied for years. They lied, they lied, and they told some good lies. It'll be the night before around 1130 and we don't see no toys. And we wonder what's going home. And daddy would always say, he coming. He coming. Just some milk and cookies out for him. And I did the same early in the years. A fake savior. Mm. I said it was a multi- Billion dollar industry. See, a lot of folk wear red for Santa. Rudolph's nose did not glow blue. It glowed red. But see, I'm not wearing red for no fake savior. Come on. Because if you know anything about the birth of a child, when it breaks through the womb, there's going to be blood. So when I wear my red, I'm symbolizing that he broke through the womb. I'm symbolizing that by his blood being shed for my sins, I'm in a better place. So that's the reason I'm rocking my red. I don't know why you got yours on. But it symbolizes my Savior. Oh, y'all ought to give him a hand to pray because he broke through the womb. I said he broke through the womb. The holiday tree. As I call it. Because it can never be a Christmas tree. Because all you got to do is go to Jeremiah 10. And you're going to find out that the decoration of the tree and all of this was a pagan worship. 
But see, it is till today still one of the biggest money makers in this season. People don't even like for you to talk against them in the house of God. And you have folks that say, well, pastor, I know it's rooted in paganism, but I can't get into the season without my tree. But see, my thing here, knowing that it has nothing to do with Christ or Christmas, why don't you keep your tree in your house year-round to pick you up while limited to December? Come on, if it's giving you that much joy, your tree should be up in January. Oh, he talking right, and he making some folk uncomfortable and very upset. See, there's a reason you will see the tree in the White House. You will see trees in people's homes who don't even believe in God. Because they understand that this has nothing to do with the real Savior. This is a money maker. Come on, somebody. But see, this is a part of the multi-billion dollar industry that is surrounded or that is born out of fake saviors. Am I right about it? And I know some people say, well, Pastor, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. You just have to know what it's truly all about. Just have to know what it's truly all about. And you say, Pastor, what about children? Well, children need to be taught the truth. They need the truth. And if there's a child here that did not know that Santa Claus was fake, that he is a phony, then they know now. Am I right? I ain't going to be before you long. I'm not going to ruin your Christmas. I'm not going to ruin your Christmas. But we need some truth. We need to free ourselves from this fake stuff. And bring our heart back to the center of what it's all about. Am I right about that? Now we live in a time where we're dealing with real problems. And real problems require a real savior. Tell somebody, real problems require a real savior. Tell that the woman, tell them, real problems require, demand a real savior. Oh, I wish somebody give me a big amen. When you're dealing with real problems like we have in our time, fake saviors don't cut it. Make-believe characters don't cut it. They don't get the job done. We need a real Savior. If folks are coming out of what they're in, they got to hear about a real Savior. You got to be bold enough to tell them about him. It's sad because we live in a time was so much crime and violence that it becomes normal to hear every day how depraved mankind truly is. 
suicides, depression is at an all-time high. Not just the suicides that are recorded, but those that go undetected and something else is written on the death certificate. But it was truly a suicide. The drug epidemic, not only when you're dealing with crack, but now we're dealing with fentanyl. A synthetic opioid that has more people addicted than we really want to pay attention to. Y'all just let me teach it right, right now. And see, right now, more people are hooked on prescription drugs than ever in the history of our nation. These dangerous drugs are being put into things that the average person can buy over the counter. And yet, people want to try to convince folks to depend on fake saviors. Too much is going on. And what folk don't recognize is that there's an evil agenda where Satan is enslaving people from a spiritual standpoint. To the point now to where a whole lot of people, y'all just got to hear me out, no longer live in reality. Social media addiction. Metaverse and such things that allow people to live nowadays in a fake world. And this is Satan's agenda to enslave masses of people spiritually. To lock them down in unhappiness as they live in a pretend world. See, folk don't like teaching like this because so many people depend on being and pretending to be someone on social media that they're truly not in real life. I'm going to teach it even in the church. You'll be surprised the folk in here that can't go a day without social media. They're hooked on a reality that is not real. As people get joy out of things that are not even real. Oh, I, I, I got to teach it because he done laid it on me. Y'all will be surprised at people who get instant happiness from a like, from a post that they shared. This is where their joy comes in. As they wait by their phone to see who shared my post, who liked my post, who likes my picture. What do I need to change about me to get more likes? What do I need to do to get more friends, to engage with more people? And see, it's sad because we're living in the generation that has never been before where so much is not real. A pretend world. People create who they want to be. Enter into these false 
worlds and get joy out of it. But see, that is a people who are devoid of the real Savior. Not even recognizing that a man was born, come on here, Pastor, to destroy the works of the devil. See, that's when I get happy right now. It ain't about no, 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 no gifts. It ain't about no presence. It ain't, come on, somebody. I know I'm already highly favored and shown up blessed. See, I'm happy this morning because I got the real Savior. I got the real thing. And I'm dealing with problems like y'all dealing with them every day. But I deal with every problem that comes to my door. Knowing that I have a real Savior. Come on. And see, normally you would think this message would be preached or taught to a majority of audience of those who don't know the Savior. But it can't be. Because too many of us get caught up depending for happiness to come out of things that are not real. Notice in the book of John, y'all bear with me just a few more moments. I have to deliver this message. I have to deliver this message. Because the more you begin to truly open up your eyes, you're going to see some of the same things that I'm seeing that God is dealing with me about. This world that we now live in is a dark place. It's a dark place. But there's some good news. Don't, don't, don't worry. No, notice John 3. Y'all just let me deal with it. Yeah. And see, and as you turn to John 3, see, the reason we as adults have got to get a hope to the real Savior is so that through us, we can deliver our children. Come on. Because this is the main target audience. Is capturing the mind of the youth and the young adults. You have more depressed young people than you do older folk. Yes, you do. Now, I know there's a lot of happy young folk. But you better believe there are a whole lot of young people who are depressed and who no longer live in reality. Parents, you have to deal with children now that don't even have to leave your house for their whole attitude to change. And for them to drop into a, a sunken place and you not even know what's going on with this girl. She's been in the house all day. What's happening? Social media. Internet. It's what it's doing to a lot of young people. And many young people now growing up in homes where they can't even look to their parents and see a source of true happiness. This is a life for a lot of young people. But that shouldn't be. A strong message on Christmas, ain't it? Lord, I didn't see it happening like this. Go to John 3. No, I didn't. Mm -mm. Oh, God. It's a needed one, though. 
And see, I'm hoping when we leave here today that we're going to know the message that we got to push. We're going to know who we are before we leave here today. I said, you're going to know. I said, you're going to know. Because, see, let me tell you something. It ain't enough that I know the Savior. It ain't enough that I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. It's bigger than that. See, it's bigger than that because if it wasn't bigger than that, then why don't every person who receives him as Lord, as Savior, the moment they do so, why don't they drop dead and go be with him? Because it's bigger than that. I'm going to show it to you today. And see, the world cannot do in totality what it wants to do. Because we are standing in the way. We are disrupting what they want to do. We are disrupting their program for this day. Oh, I need y'all to get happy. I'm going to disrupt their agenda. Look at John 3. Look at John 3 and 19. And this, John 3, 19. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And how many know that used to be some of us? We was in love with darkness. Come on, somebody. Is this word too real for y'all this morning? I said we was in love with, with darkness. Proud to do our work in the dark. Oh, go on and teach that thing. Proud of the dirtiness that we did. The low down shameful things that we practiced. But we was in love with darkness even though light had came into the world. And see, this is the challenge nowadays to truly celebrate Christmas as it is intended to be done by the saints because people love darkness. Even though light has come into this world. And again, we know it to be true. And when you think about darkness, when you think about sin, then we have to also think about Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin is death. Darkness equates death. Light came into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. Men love death more than life. Because the only way to truly live as God intended for man to live, we have to have a relationship with the real Savior. Come on. If everything today is built around what you're going to get, you're living a most miserable life if you don't have the Savior. Come on, somebody. I said a relationship with him that's real. I said it's real. 
It's real. It's real on the 25th. It's going to be real on the 26th. It's going to be real on the 27th and on the 28th, the 29th. But see, we never need to forget that we used to love darkness. Look at somebody and say, don't ever forget what Jesus, the real Savior, done for you. I need y'all to look at somebody and tell them, don't you ever forget it. Shout to two more folks, don't you ever forget it. I wish I could have you to go around this whole church. But some have forgotten. You've forgotten what you used to be before he got a hold to you. Because, Brother Will, if the truth be told, we were not only loving darkness, but we were loving the very thing that was killing us. We were loving the very thing that was sucking life from us. I'm almost in my clothes, but some of you was in love with the alcohol. You was in love with the drug. You was in love with the whoremongering. You was in love with the clubbing. We was in love with things that was destroying us. And the only thing that freed us was this real Savior. I said it was this real Savior. Oh, no, this ain't something I watched on IMAX. I got it at the altar, baby. I got a connection. Even thinking about it right now, it causing me to desire it. Woo! I have victory this morning. Over the works of darkness because I have a connection with the real Savior. Be seated as I get ready to bring it in. See, Jesus freed us from death. Many of you, the things you were bound with that you're no longer in bondage to, you owe your Savior all the praise. You owe your Savior all the glory, all the honor. That's when you shouldn't mind telling your family and your co-workers, I'm going to go to church if it falls on Christmas 100 times out of 100 because you don't know what I owe him. Now some of you, you're just here to be here. Everybody's not here. Because they know what he truly done for them. Let's look at this Savior in Luke 2. Let's look at this Savior in Luke 2. Let's look at this Savior. And guess what? If we be honest, y'all, why y'all turn to Luke 2? Not only do we know what our Savior did, but close relatives know <laughs> I said close relatives know. Come on, come on. Is there anybody left that, that, that knew you years ago? Anybody left that knew you before you got saved? Before you got this Holy Ghost power? Woo! Are there any witnesses? 
that's left that can tell people the mess you used to be. See, there's some seal out there when it comes to my life. If you ever run into them, you say, man, you call my name and they say, you tell them, man, that's my pastor. If they know, they'll say, man, that's a changed man. That man ain't what he used to be. Come on, somebody. See, I got a connection with the real Savior. Listen, I'm not a phony preacher. I'm not a fake preacher. I got a connection with the real Savior. Listen to me. He lives in me. Listen, he lives some of you are struggling because you're not allowing him to live in you and you're not allowing him to live through you. Life can never be a struggle when he's living in you and he's living through you. For the life that I now live, I live because of him. I got to go on, but see, that's some of your problem. When you're looking at me the way you do, you still trying to do everything. Let him live in you. Let the light be in you. Teach it, Pastor. And let the light shine through you. You know what's happening when we give to people? The light is shining through us. Look at Luke 2. Luke 2. Notice verse 8. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were, glad, they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Oh, come on, Pastor. For, for behold, I bring you good tidings. Good tidings. Whoa, is somebody coming out the north? No. Is it because of something going on in the North Pole? No. I'm bringing you good tithings of great joy, which shall be, y'all better catch this, to all people. Who did Jesus come for? Who is this message for? For all people. That's the reason the news was so great. Because what had been done in Bethlehem was for all people. You know, y'all slipping on that, but there are folk that don't get that. There are folk that don't get that Jesus came for all people. He didn't come for the black man only. He came for all people. He didn't just come for the Jews only. He came for all people. He didn't just come for the Sunday school teacher and the priest. He came for the prostitute. He came for the drug addict. He came for the dope pusher. He came for the molester. He came for the murderer. This is that true gospel. You better high five somebody and tell them, say, this is that true gospel right here. He came for all people. That's the reason we share the news with all people. Look at verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ 
the Lord. Notice that. This will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Look what happened this day. That the news was brought to these men. Heavens opened up. And the heavenly choir was singing and giving God praise because the real Savior had been born. Do you see? Do you see why we must celebrate it? Do you see why we must celebrate it not just in December? The Christmas spirit doesn't leave true saints. I'm about to drop one on you because we are Christmas. Christmas lives in us. You better tell somebody to really say, you are Christmas. That's the I wanted to see y'all today. I was happy to see you. This ain't for everybody. Not like we're doing it. You remember what Jesus said when his mother and his father wanted to see him? They said, look, your mother, your father outside desiring to see you. He said, who is my mother? Who is my father? Except those that do. You know what Jesus was telling them? I got another family. I got another family. When folks see me today, they where you being? I had to see my other family. I had to get with my other family. I'm closing. Don't about take this, this this right here. What I'm finna say hard, but I enjoy. I get greater joy out of this family than I even do. My natural family. Listen, I got a good family. But this here, this bigger. This is bigger right here, saints. If we could ever recognize it, this carries great significance. That's what I don't understand, folks. Getting sad and depressed in this season because of those who are not here. Look around at who's here. To your neighbor, the real Savior was born of a virgin. And he came to save his people from their sins. Listen, because this is the close. We've established that his birth brought light into the world. He was that light that came. But the question I want to leave with the saints, when we consider Christmas, when we consider him being our Lord and our Savior, 
do we have a Christian responsibility? That's what I'm closing. Why don't I ask you a question? Do we have any Christian responsibilities? And I hope you know the answer is yes. Let me show you our Christian responsibility. You have one. Go to Matthew. I have one. If you've truly been born again, if Jesus is truly Lord of your life, if he's truly Savior, you have a Christian responsibility. I'm closing with that. I'm closing with that. You have a Christian responsibility. See, we know without a shadow of a doubt that light on that day came into this world. And ever since that light came, men of all ages have been trying to put out that light. But they cannot do it. I say they can't do it. They cannot do it. For centuries, folk have tried to stomp Jesus out of Christmas. They can't do it because of radical folk like us who keep talking about him anyhow. When you go to your store and they say, Happy Holiday, and you say, Merry Christmas. And see, they kind of look at you like, you one of them. Don't be rude about it, because some folk operate in ignorance. Don't, don't be, I hear a lot of pretend you be rude to folk who say Happy Holiday. Some of these folks are ignorant. They don't know what they're saying. But even if an atheist say to me, Happy Holidays, that's his right in the U.S., I celebrate and love that he has the right to say to me, happy holiday. But I got the right to say to you, you have yourself a Merry Christmas. Or I'm going to have a Merry Christmas. See, that's my right. You, you can't have your rights and take away other folk right now. They got their rights. But look at the Christian responsibility. Then we got to get out of here. I got to have y'all out of the door about 12 out the door by 12, I will hear from it, from some people. Matthew 5, now these little peoples that I'm going to hear from, y'all don't have the boldness, and you should come to me to my pastor. You went long today. But I have some going to tell me, Pastor. My granddaughter, she said, she said, Papa, are we having church on Christmas? I said, yeah, we having church on Christmas. She said, Papa, can you not be so long? I said, I'll try. <laughs> And I'm trying. Matthew 5 and 16. Mm, mm, mm. Let me get to Matthew 5, 16 so we can close. Hey, y'all out of here by, by 12. I'm talking about our Christian responsibility. Matthew 5 and 16. Tell your relative. Pastor didn't cut him short. Matthew 5 and 16. Let your light so shine before me. That they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. See, that light came into the world thousands of years ago. That light being Jesus is in us. That light needs to shine through us. Five things I'm going to give you that we have to do. Our Christian responsibility when we let the light shine through us. Number one, be a witness. Be a witness, not just with your mouth. Let your lifestyle be a witness that the light is in you and the light is shining 
through you. How do we do it, Pastor? Number two, loving one another. Jesus said, by this all men shall know. You are my disciple because you have love one towards another. When we are loving on each other like we're doing today, we're letting that light shine through us. Number three, love your enemies. You can't truly celebrate the light Christmas and you still hating on people for things they've done and said. Some have went on, but you still have hatred. You don't have love in your heart for people. You're phony. You're about to go today and leave and do whatever you do. But it's phoniness if you're hating people. To let that light shine through you, you have to forgive people. You have to move on from stuff. You want that true joy, that true peace. Come on, somebody. That's what Jesus said. You've heard it said. That you should hate your enemy. But he said, I say unto you, love your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully you. Pray for people. Tell you, when you do these things, the light is in you and shining through you. Number four, endure suffering. When we endure suffering, we're going through things. But the light will not shine if we don't know how to endure suffering. Don't let, a, don't let a trial put out your light. Don't let a trial put out your light. We don't know what the day hold, but I don't care what it hold. Don't let a trial, don't let nothing dampen your light. Some of you, God put you on the job for a reason. Your light on that job, don't let nothing dampen your light. You be that light, amen? And then finally... We let the light shine, the light is in us, the light shines through us when we fulfill our godly purpose. Whatever God has ordained for you to do, when you step up to the plate and say, I'm going to do what he ordained for me to do, that light, it shines through you. Amen. The birth of a real Savior. I'm done. Come on, let's give him a praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.